Hello. 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 And welcome. Welcome to episode 87 of Brews Less Traveled. I'm your host, Brian, uh, and this is the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer scenes across the United States. I'm so happy to be joined by my co-host for these episodes, MC. MC, how's it going? Hey, Brian, I'm doing good. I'm a little sad that uh, it's our last week in Fort Collins. Had yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of really great conversations this month. A lot of really great beers. So, yeah, kind of a kind of a bittersweet ending. Yeah, great beers, great cities, great city, great conversations. Well, a lot of cities actually. We've actually kind of traversed yeah. the entire like northern part of Colorado, which has been kind of fun. You know. Yeah, yeah. We've we've featured uh, breweries from outside of Fort Collins. Which tonight is no exception. Right. Yes. Anything Anything interesting going on with you? Yeah, nothing really going on too much with me. I'm getting ready to, um, I've been kind of preparing um, this week and last week. I, um, at my local brewery where I was in production until recently, I am getting ready. They're doing a big expansion. And so the tap room is closed. And so they are taking the month for their tap room staff to do some education and they are going to take their, those of them that haven't taken their exam are going to take their certified beer server exam on Friday. So I am going to go in tomorrow and do a big two hour review with them. So I have just been kind of like gathering stuff, um, writing practice tests, going over the syllabus, doing stuff like that. So I have some um, education tomorrow. I'm really excited. I'm excited to see I don't really know if they're ready. I think they're, I think, I think they're going to do great. So I'm excited to just go in and, you know, kind of. CBS is low pressure. If you work in a brewery, you you should probably, if you work in a brewery, you should be be able to pass CBS. Exactly. So I think, I think they're going to be, you know, well-prepared and yeah, the tap room will just be stronger when, when they reopen. So yeah, I'm excited to see them and, and do a little work with them tomorrow. That's kind of what's been on my radar recently. Well, uh, shout out to our beer club subscribers for joining us in the chat. Yens are great. Yens are the best. Checking in from various areas around the country. Thanks for joining us. On this episode, we're going to be featuring, uh, we're going to be closing out our Fort Collins episode featuring two breweries, Funkworks and uh, Wildworks. Yes, yes, you heard that right. Two breweries that put the work, W-E-R-K, into beer, but uh, don't be confused by the names. They uh, are actually two separate breweries with their own brands, own unique beers, and own unique backstories. So tonight from Funkworks, we're going to be enjoying their their Tropic King Imperial Saison, and from Wildworks, we're going to be enjoying their Starry Night uh, Milk Stout. So two great beers from two great breweries. Yep. Looking forward to those. And we're also going to be joined by a guest here shortly who can tell us about Weldworks Brewery. Um, but I think first, before we bring him on, let's go ahead and open this Funkworks beer. Let's go ahead and crack open this um, Tropic King first. We definitely should do that. I am excited to have this beer. Have you ever had this beer before, Brian? I have not. I've had a couple beers from Funkworks when I've been out in the Colorado area for, you know, CBCs and 
and whatnot, but I have not had this particular beer from them. I think I've actually had the original Saison that right. kind of green can. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, the, the beer that gave way to this Tropic King, they call this as an, an, an Imperial Saison, 8% alcohol. Right. Which, yeah, I've heard those called Imperial Saisons or like strong Saisons. Um, this beer is kind of nostalgic for me. I think I've said on the show before that Fort Collins is kind of the city that made me a beer nerd. I turned 21 in Fort Collins and my brother surprised me on my 21st birthday. And we went to a bunch of breweries and one of the breweries we went to was Funkworks. And so like I'm sitting there on my 21st birthday drinking Tropic Kings. And so that's, that's why I'm a big nerd. Well, the the beer that has led you to this point has come back for vengeance. Full circle. Ooh, just as good as I remember too. Yeah, beautiful. Like Tropic King is a perfect name for this because it has a beautiful tropic, uh, tropical fruit aromas. They use New Zealand hop varieties to dry hop this beer. And uh, mm, it is just a, a wonderful hop forward saison. Yeah, hop forward, but still like nice and estery and phenolic. I mean, still definitely getting those like spicy classic Saison notes and and warming without being like overly boozy. You can taste that it's 8%, but it's not, um, doesn't, you know, warms my chest. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice. Good and balanced. You get the comfort of the alcohol, but you don't get the sting. Right. Yeah. So it's, they said that they, um, you know, originally just brewed this to be, like you said, just like a hoppier version of their regular Saison, but they put extra malt in there, um, which made it a big, totally different beer. And it, it is, it's, 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 you know, shines all on its own. Yeah. Chat, chat is responding very much in the same, in the same vein, uh, a, little a little bit, bit of, of farmhouse f- funk. Yeah. Right. Um, and also Dan says works for me. W E R K. I promise that's the last of the, that's the last of the works jokes. I don't think it is. We have like a half hour here ahead of us. I, I can't imagine that that's the last one, but we'll see. Well, we have a guest coming on and, and <laughs> we have to get uh, a little bit more buttoned up when the guest comes mm, on. Right. As MC mentioned, we have a wonderful guest for tonight's show. So please welcome the head brewer at Wildworks, Skip Schwartz. Hey, Skip. Hey. Hey, how's go. it going? Not too bad. How are you guys? Good. We're doing great. We we've touched. We've t- we've previously touched on our current current states. How are you? You know, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing pretty well, actually. Um, I'm excited to hear some more works jokes and puns, and um, <laughs> pretty excited for what's in store for us here. Well, uh, wonderful. It's great to hear that you're uh, strapped in for yeah. the terrible terrible works jokes and, and puns that we have in store. Uh, but as always, let's kick things off with our quick sip questions. These are right. fast questions. We, we want fast answers. Okay. We appreciate the effort. I'll try my best. Cool. So favorite non weld works beer uh, would be Sierra Nevada pale ale. Mm, classic. A good old snapper ski or snowboard. Neither. Oh, <gasps> The third answer, uh, stout or barley wine? <laughs> uh, stout. Okay. Uh, your favorite adjunct to put in those stouts? Coconut. 
Oh my God. Firing off them. Favorite variation of your fabled beer, Media Noche? Uh, the Saz that we did, the uh, Antique Saz. Or last year's just 2022 Media Noche. Oh, we'll go Saz. Okay, wonderful. And finally, have you ever seen a UFO? A ghost? No. Bigfoot? No. Anything inexplicable? No, but I'm going to say that I'm not ruling any of that out. A, a non a, 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 a non-eventful answer, but a n- <laughs> not a non-participatory answer. Sure. <laughs> to be continued. We'll we'll follow yeah. up. Yes. <laughs> You'll be the first to know if I uh, see it come across any. Perfect. Yeah, we we have contact information. Well, yeah, let us know. Great. Excellent. Um, great. Well, yeah. Thanks for those um, great answers. Um, so let's talk about your background. Um, the Weldworks founder, Neil Fisher, was the original head brewer. Tell us a little bit about your journey um, and how you kind of came to take over that role. Um, yeah. So uh, when I had first interviewed for a job, I was working as the production manager down at Black Project, uh, Spontaneous and Wild Ales, who's no longer in business, unfortunately. Um, I loved working there. It was a great experience. Um it's kind of one of the first times that I led a team and um, I have had an, ex- I've, I've known Neil and Colin and, and the whole Weldworks Kristen um, since before Weldworks had even been conceived. So I actually worked for Neil once. Um, he was the general manager of a, a local bar here in town and I was actually a bartender there. So we've, um, you know, we've had some past experience. We've known each other. We've gotten along for a very long time. So I interviewed for a lead brewer position there. And uh, at the time, our current director of brewing operations also applied for that position. And uh, he actually got the position, but they hired me on anyways to kind of see where I fit in. They liked, you know, um, my resume. We had a good time. Like I said, I have history with uh, pretty much all of those people. Arnie, I, I actually lived down the street from Weldworks. And I was working in Denver, so I was there all the time. And I, I've just known pretty much the whole staff for a very long time. So they just kind of brought me in as kind of a cultural fit. And Derek was Derek is definitely the better fit for was the better fit for the uh, lead brewer. But yeah, so they brought me in, and they kind of didn't really have a position for me. And they kind of put me as like the uh, I think my first title at Weldworks was special projects, and I kind of just would figure out something to do for the day. And that was just kind of what I would do. And it, you know, they brought me in because of my creativity that I had done brought to some of the projects that I worked on at Black Project and that I kind of spearhead over there. And so they just kind of were trusting, like, we'll figure out where you're going to fit in here. Um, you know, at the time they were fully staffed on like shift brewers and I kind of really wanted to try it. I love, I've loved Weldworks and their beer and their culture and their, their whole look on life. So I kind of just said, I'm going to take the risk and just kind of see where this goes. I think I was the head of quality for a couple months, which was um, kind of strange for me because I have zero experience in that. And I had just come from a spontaneous um, brewery, (laughs) which, you know, um, the quality control for that is very different from the quality control at a production facility such as Wellworks. You know, from there, I I kind of moved into um, a barrel position. So I was kind of running uh, media noche stuff and doing a lot of the decisions and working really closely with Neil on a lot of those projects. And I think that's kind of where things started to kind of, you know, evolve. And, you know, Neil was making all those decisions and he slowly would give me more responsibility and making those kind of decisions. And, 
you know, we, we worked really close and I got to like pick his brain a lot. And I think when he finally decided that he was no longer, you know, he wasn't really there day to day. And so I kind of took on this role as an innovation. Uh, so I was, my, my title was innovation and wood seller lead. So I would run kind of like the point on getting new and new beers kind of off the ground. So kind of of an R and D brewer without the, our R and D batches were actually full-size production batches. So it was kind of like I was writing half the recipes and doing half the picking all half the adjuncts. And it, it just kind of, when Neil stepped down or decided that, you know, he, he was far enough removed and he trust, trusted the team that he had put in place enough that he could walk away and go do other parts of the business and work on some of the other stuff that he wants to outside of the business that he kind of looked and said, you know, I think you're, you're going to do this. Derek's going to run kind of the overall scene of all of production and make sure we're running smooth and, all those things that, you know, Derek is way, you know, his mind is way analytic, mind's way creative. And if you put it together, you, you, you get Neil Fisher, I guess. So, um, Perfect. <laughs> so that's kind of how it worked out. And that's kind of how my journey at WeldWorks, I've held a lot of positions for somebody who was hired with no position. So uh, it's kind of a fun little journey for me, but I've, I've gone on four years at WeldWorks uh, next month. So Oh, okay. Well, I, uh, in all my research that I didn't know that you had worked at black project before and black project yeah. is, uh, absolutely one of my favorite or was sadly yeah. one of my favorite breweries in the country. So that's so interesting. The journey from working at a brewery that was doing, I believe at the time, 100% we were spontaneous, 100% spontaneous, correct. nothing but spontaneous. So you brewed what, five months out of the year, four months out of the year? Yeah, yeah, we brew four months out of the year. And when I was there, um, so when I had started, the biggest thing for us there was, you know, when, when James had brought me on, he was like, I need you to be able to expand our production. And that was kind of my task. And I, I worked there for about a year and a half and we were able to grow quite a bit. And, um, you know, when I had left, they were, we were talking about cans when I was there and I was like, uh, you know, I hope to see it, but I, something I didn't really personally want to be a part of in, in, in that setting. But um, I was very sad when they closed and they said, I loved working for James. I think he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. I learned so much from him and to, to, to have that experience is something that is um, it, it put, it set me up for, for success for sure. And I'm very thankful for him and all black project and all the people that I work with there and all the people that I met with there. It was just an, an amazing experience for me. Yeah, amazing brewery. Let's all let's all pour one out for for Black for sure, Project for sure. tonight. That's that's yeah. No more habu. But anyways, let's get into the the Wildworks beer we have for the night. Uh, what would you like to tell us about Starry Night? Yeah, so um, Starry Night is kind of a beer that we've we've been making for quite some time, and you know, coconut, hazelnut, and uh, stout, and you know, it, it's kind of birth a lot of beers that have kind of, that was kind of the, you know, the first time that we, we had made this beer. Um, we, we loved it and we made a second version, which was called Starriest Night, which was an Imperial version. And then a couple of years later, um, I'm sure you know where this is going to, you know, our most famous media noche that we've ever made. And that was uh, Starry Noche. It was kind of just, you know, it started out as just one of our pastry stouts base, um, you know, sea malts, a little bit of roast, coconut, as much coconut as we can at every step that we can is kind of our thing with um, coconut. So we are, we, you know, before we had our pasteurizer, one of the things that we would do is we would put raw coconut in the mash, which is something that a lot of brewers probably don't do or 
talk about doing if they do it. Um, but yeah, we use raw, we like the flavor of raw coconut a lot. And before we had the pasteurizer, you know, it's really hard for us to add that in without worrying about infection. So we would load up mash, uh, the mash with a good amount of uh, coconut. And then we'd add some toasted coconut later on. Um, hazelnuts is kind of the same. We try to use hazelnut as much as we can throughout the process. So we use, we'll use some chopped or flour in, you know, chopped, chopped nuts in the uh, mash. We'll throw some flour in somewhere, maybe, maybe in the kettle, maybe in the um, fermenter. And, you know, that's kind of where our, um, where those come from in the, the starry night in the starry noche, we have a kind of a different process for that, but you know, that's a completely different beer. So you have, you have to go into more detail on that. Do you, do you, like, are you just like looking for every opportunity where you can put these kitchen ingredients for lack of a better term into these beers or like, how do you dial that in? Is there test batches? I think, I think really it's, it, it, and this is one of the hardest things that I've had that I think Wellworks has had for our, our whole career is, is we're constantly trying different things and figuring out what works and what doesn't. And like, sometimes we figure something out, but we go, Oh, well, we're never going to make this beer again. So it's like, it, but then you take all that information and you're constantly looking for another application of that information. And I think one of the biggest things that we did a couple of years ago is like, so we, we wanted to do a really coconut forward IPA. We turned all of our brewing water into coconut water um so we've turned hlt coconut i mean like so we did everything so, like we, we were mashed with coconut water we sparged with coconut water and like you know and like it's something that sounds so cool and it sounds like oh this is like such a great idea and and, and you get there and like you're like oh shit we just spent all this time and money and energy on like doing this project and it didn't taste like coconut you know oh, no. and so like we're like okay well at least we can still add coconut in other places but again it's like just having that information goes that won't work. Yeah, you just ha- it won't work. But also, like adding coconut raw coconut into your mash is going to work to an extent, but it's not going to get you a hundred percent there or what you want. And so that's where you take that information that we learned from something like Starry Night, and then we go, okay, well, when we're making Starry Noche, we have to do something completely different. And so we've gone through all sorts of different different processes with that. And and the first the first batch of Starry Noche we you know, we, we, we put our best foot forward based on information from other coconut beers, but it was kind of like dumb luck kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like we, we knew it would work to an extent. I just don't think we ever realized that it would be what it was and, and it, what it still is today. I mean, that's still one of our, you know, the first batch is still our highest rated beer we've ever had. People still ask me if I have it, like we knew it was going to be a hit. So we saved some or something like now I remember it sold out pretty quick and we just, None of us, you know, none of us had any and people would be like, well, can we get some? I I, I don't have any. So the the, the coconut character in this beer is unlike any it it jumps. It jumps out of the beer. It it jumps into your face. It's it's are we we talking like five percent of the grist is coconut? 20% Um, yeah I I would say like I mean again we we do add we do add more into into fermenter or our adjunct vessels we do have custom created adjunct vessels that we created for coconut and that's what I was talking about the process so we do we do have some uh tools that we we call our cheat codes that we kind of created ourselves and um they're pretty cool tanks they have false bottoms in them um so the the original one was a I want to say it was an eight barrel ten barrel tank something like that and uh, maybe six actually, but uh, it has a false bottom in it. It has a manway on the side. So we basically replicated a mash tun and it was basically designed for coconut only. So you load in the top manway with as much coconut as you want. 
The bottom has five true bottoms on it. So you're pulling evenly through similar to, again, like you would with a mash ton, but it's more of a bright tank, bright tank shape. And then it has um, on the sides, it has different ports in it. And each port kind of has a different level. So we can uh, recirculate through the coconut um, at different levels. So we start off pretty low and uh, every day we raise it up a little bit. So we're getting as much contact, uh, surface contact with these coconuts. So that's kind of our big thing. And that's kind of the thing that's always separated us. And another thing for our coconut beers is our uh, willingness to lose a ton of barrelage to absorption and take beer that has rested on coconut off the coconut and then put it back on top of more coconut and lose even more. So uh, I think, you know, we've, we've made beers. Um, I think we did one that was like four pounds per barrel or per, four pounds per gallon of coconut before. I mean, like we've done just insane things. I think that's kind of the thing for us is coconut's always kind of been one of our things that we've, we've taken a lot of pride in, in working on that. And we've spent a lot of money on infrastructure and, and, and coconut itself to, 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 to stand out a little bit. And uh, like I said, a lot of people tell us that um, we're reckless with coconut or, um, or, you know, we just, we're wasting money and we know, we know what we're doing. <laughs> Uh, we, we have the, 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 um, receipts to prove that we know that we're losing money uh, once in a while, but you know, I think it, it, at the end of the day, if all that matters is if it makes a good beer and we enjoy doing it and we like it, then that's all that really matters. And I think people like it too. So. Yeah. It's yes. obviously being well-received. So yeah, if that's, if that's what you want at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm surprised. Um, I mean, I'm definitely getting coconut out of this beer and I see everybody in the chat and I hear Brian, you know, we're definitely ca- talking a lot about the coconut, but I'm getting like, the first thing I noticed was like the hazelnut. I get like sure. hazelnut coffee with cream in it out of this beer for sure. Um, and like a little bit of coconut on kind of like the back end. Um, mm. it's definitely what I'm getting. Anyway, we're all experiencing this different. I think we're all sure. and enjoying it. So as we've already kind of touched on, you know, Weldworks is definitely known for their stouts, especially, mm. um, high ABV barrel aged stouts. So, you know, we've already talked about it a little bit, but can you go even into a little bit more detail about, um, the process of creating, you know, in particular, those barrel aged stouts a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So when, when Neil started the barrel program, one of the things that he wanted to do was create a beer that you would never taste without barrel aging. And that's kind of what Medianoche is. So, I mean, the Medianoche base, we don't, we don't brew it for fresh consumption. We don't brew it without it going into a barrels. Um, so in the process behind that is, so it's a, it's a three mash brew. Um, so we'll do two the first day. So double mash kind of standard. Uh, and you know, some people boil for, you know, 12 hours, you know, you've heard some people do 20. So we boiled originally, it was 36 hour boils. Um, we do around 30 now, um, when we're doing it, but like I said, again, we're just trying to make this thickness that, that really needs barrels for it to stand up. And that's kind of that, that media noche viscosity that people recognize. So yeah, that, that's kind of our biggest thing uh, for it is just the, is the, the brew process itself. And then knowing that it's not going to be unaged and the fact that, you know, we also have to age it for a long time. So you see a lot of people always that, you know, we age media noche is usually a minimum of 18 months in um, barrels versus some people can do a year. Um, we can do it a lot longer. I think we released our longest barrel. We had a barrel that went into a blend and it was 54 months old and it's still, I mean, they, they hold up very well because of this thickness and this syrup like um, texture. So they hold up very well. So 
I'd say that, that's kind of a process for media noche. And did I answer the full of your question or is there fermentation yeah, questions, yep. I guess? I mean, I mean, I thought that was great, Brian. Do you, what do you think? Oh, we got, we, we have follow-ups. Um, yeah, always. <laughs> sure. You don't ever brew the media noche wort to be consumed, fermented and consumed in its an unbarreled basis, but I'm sure you've tasted it. Sure. We've tasted plenty of it. Undrinkable or is it just, I mean, undrinkable isn't the word that I would use, but it is probably not the worst word for me. Yeah, no, it's definitely just, it's not, I mean, we, we built it. The recipe was built to stand up to those flavors of Oak and, and to, to have that play into it. And we treat Oak and the bourbon and, and the, and the barrels that it's coming out of. Um, as a, as an ingredient in our recipe. Uh, and so I, I think it's just like, it'd be like, Hey, how does that IPA without pale malt or, you know, without a base malt? And so it's like, we, we treat it as such an ingredient in that beer, uh, the Oak and the barrels. And, and we adapt the recipe for, if we're going into a rye barrel, we'll add rye into different, different forms of rye. So we'll do, you know, rye, chocolate rye, pale rye, all sorts of different kinds of things. And we're doing wheat. We'll add heavy wheats into it. Um, we'll add flaked wheat. So we'll, we'll adjust it. So we treat the barrels. Like I said, it's so much part of, to us as part of the recipe that I, I, I think it's kind of an unfair thing. It'd be like, like I said, a, an IPA without hops in it. It's kind of like an unfair. So it is, is a pre dry hopped IPA as good as the wort that comes off it. So we just consider it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not, it's not a fair the step in the comparison. process. Right. Yeah. It's part of the process. We treat it that way and we treat it like it's an ingredient. So we have to say that it is not undrinkable, but it's not finished. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so where are those barrels coming from? Where are you getting any of your barrels? Um, so right now the barrel market's really tough. Um, but for the most part, um, prior to, you know, during um, COVID-19, we, we made a really big effort in supporting a couple barrel suppliers and working with them at a time when it was very uncertain and a lot of people weren't willing to put aside resources in the purchasing of barrels and producing of wort and beer that's going to get rested to um so we actually built out our barrel room during covid our barrel room is a sec- separate building which featured uh at one point we had about 650 barrels in it right now we house around 3 to 400 at any given time we put that the money into it then and so we were able to form these really good relationships with with our barrel brokers, most of them are bourbon barrels and from Kentucky. We do have um, some other outliers, um, Old Elk and Fort Collins. We like to work with them. They make great liquids and spirits. And uh, so we like to work with them. Um, we work with other you know, local Colorado distilleries here and there. We have some gin barrels. I have some mezcal barrels in right now with both Stout and another little project that we're working on with our good friends at Voodoo out in Pennsylvania. Um, so, you know, we, we're definitely trying all sorts of things, but for the most part, we're getting from, from Kentucky and bourbon. We have a lot of Buffalo trace in house, a lot of old forester heaven Hills makes great spirits as well. So I will, I do like to say when when we talk about our barrels, um, there hasn't been a bourbon that I think that, that I have wanted that we haven't been able to get. Um, I will just say that for, for bourbon. I'm going to go in a very selfish direction. Okay. Voodoo is voodoo is the other brew, and I think of big, big imperial, yeah, 
big barrel-aged imperial stouts, black magic, phonic. Mm-hmm. What do you, can can you give more details on what what you're working on? With um, I, I can. Uh, but first, I want to say uh, that we do. You know, Voodoo is somebody that we look to when we were building this program, and we love we love those 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 people over there and the, their crew and the, their people are just awesome. Uh, their product is awesome. I'm so happy to have been able to be a part of all three of our. Uh, big barrel aged out collabs and maybe our fourth or fifth in the works. Um, but I love working with those guys. They're all such smart people and they know so much. And so like I said, the, the, the midnight magic series is one of my favorite things that we've done. Um, like I said, the, the 50, 40 year old uh, month old barrel that I was talking about was one of their barrels. Cause they like to age forever. We like to age forever. So we went for forever. Um, but the, the project I'm talking about with Mezcal Barrels is actually last year during our Invitational Festival, we brewed a beer with them that was called the Mango Margarita. And that was kind of designed after one of the uh, one of their cocktails that they do at their locations. And it, it, it had a little bit of, um, it was mango. I can't think of what the other thing was. There was something else that was a little bit different. But um, yeah, we we... We, we make that we made that with them and then we made a separate batch because we liked it so much and we aged it in mezcal barrels and that should be coming out this summer i hope um but yeah so we're excited about that and then we do i'm not supposed to probably tell you this but we do have another midnight magic uh we have batch we have blend four maybe four and then depending on how long we want to go for and if we want to double barrel it i'm still trying to get them to let me use man bear pig uh the legend of man bear pig out here yeah so. Let's go. Someday, I'll talk them into it, but uh, still a no from them right now. I have to contain myself. Yeah. <laughs> Man bear pig is unbelievable. I don't yeah. know about that. Yeah. You see, you see over here in, in Western Pennsylvania, MC, we, we, we are nerds, nerds about a few things, hockey, football, and man bear pig, not, mm-hmm. not the actual creation, but the barrel age stout that, that voodoo did. Okay. We, we shouldn't go into more detail. <laughs> could really go down this rabbit hole we we we, we could really get off the rails <laughs> let's take a beer break we'd like to mention the atomic child stickers featured in this month's beer box our producer laura met the owner and artist behind atomic child jimmy bryant while attending last year's great american beer festival and she instantly knew you would all love to get your hands on these incredible stickers Jimmy is a Fort Collins-based artist that has been drawing and creating all his life. His passion for art is evident in these designs. And he started Atomic Child out of his love for the outdoors. And uh, his designs are now featured nationwide. So thank you, Jimmy, for sending these awesome stickers for our subscribers. Uh, What a great treat to feature such a cool outdoor brand based out of our featured city, Fort Collins, Colorado. If you want to learn more about this great brand, check out atomicchild.com. Now let's get back to the show. You've talked about so many, so much versatility that you have at Wellworks. The, the purposefully created tanks for infusing coconut into beers. But is there a beer that you've dreamt of that you haven't been able to do? So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that most people would think that, you know, looking at our 700 different beers over the course of our eight year that we've, we've done it all and we've done everything that we want to do. And it's clear that we're going to do what we want to do. 
Um, I will say the only limitation that we have right now is our um, original brew house. And, and, and that would have to be a double decocted lager would be one thing that I personally would like to do. I know my brew staff or not my brew staff, my coworker and brew staff would love to uh, brew that as well. Um, so I would say that that would have to be it. It's not uh, the beer that you probably expected uh, considering the fact, but that's something that we're going to work towards. And I think you might see one coming out this year uh, from our new system that might be existent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of it, but it's not as fun as probably everyone wanted it to be, but anything that we want to do, we kind of do it already. And that's kind of the fun of Weldworks. And I think that's kind of the fun that we've, we've built a brand that people trust and that when we're, you know, we're going to do something, we're going to do it to the best of our abilities, whether it's a taco beer or, um, you know, uh, a taco beer or just you you know just a, a regular old uh czech style pilsner you know look if there's if there's one thing we love on brews less traveled it is the ability to transfer thick mash from the work kettle into the boil kettle and heat it up to 212 degrees fahrenheit and then transfer <laughs> it back into the yeah. mash time yep that is the one beer that i would say that we have not been able to do at well works yet is that how you would do it or are you planning on getting a decoction ton online um so uh we do have a new brew house that we've been working on for a couple of years now um and it's actually up and running maybe uh we're supposed to keep it pretty tight-lipped uh (laughs) until the uh till we're, we're we're all clear to go but we have been brewing on our new brew house and um it will have the capability of doing pretty much whatever we want um we kind of went a little crazy. We have what I would like to call the Willy Wonka brew houses. Um, anything and everything that has ever been put on a brew house is on this brew house. We put in extra special stuff that we've designed, uh, worked with our uh, worked with uh, specific out in Canada on it. Um, so it's kind of an absolute, uh, hopefully it's going to be a workhorse, but hopefully it's going to be a little fun factory for us. And we're going to be able to do um the same stuff that we've been doing, but you know, more, more of it and uh, maybe some fun stuff like double cautions, some other cool stuff. Like I said, uh, we're not really, we're keeping it pretty tight lipped, even though no one really has known about it. And we've been working on it for uh, two years and we're actually brewing on it now. So. Very cool. Definitely yeah. going to, um, sounds like you're going to be able to get a lot more creative, which is sounds like your kind cool. of passion project. Cool. Yeah. Very exciting. Okay, so every year, um, Weldworks hosts the Weldworks Invitational, and it's one of the most talked about festivals in the beer industry, and some of the best breweries in the world come and pour some of you know their best beers. So all proceeds from the festival go towards the Weldworks Community Foundation programs for the betterment of Weld County. So we'd like to know, you know what's your favorite part of that annual festival? If you have just one or multiple... Whoa. You know, I, I have to be uh, honest. It's it's such a it's such a fun thing to be able to hang around with so many people that um, I've got to know over the years and call friends that uh, are the brewers just being there, um, seeing people being at the festival. It's a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of work for our staff, our, our my coworkers and I, and 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 in the sense of leading up to it, getting everything prepared, and then actually doing it, and it's it's exhausting and it's tough. So. We're actually kind of moving away from a model of every year. Um, this next year, we might be taking off 
we're probably taking off. I think we're taking this year off. Um, and then after that, we'll see where we go from there. But right now with uh, so many other projects going on and, and our staff kind of all over the place and doing all sorts of projects and, and, and shuffling around and we're, and we're growing like crazy still. Um, it's very hard for us to commit to doing it this year. So we're not, if we can't do something right, we're not going to do it. So uh, we're, we're probably taking this year off, but, but to answer your question overall, my, my favorite part is definitely just being around, uh, like I said, people that I've known, gotten to know over the years and just call my friends. I, you know, a lot of these people in, in, in these other breweries that we talk all the time, um, sometimes weekly, daily for certain people. And it's just great to have people there. I, I, I'm fortunate enough for my position that I get to travel a lot and see a lot of these people throughout the year anyways, but to have them in, in my backyard and in, in, in at, at Weldworks and show them around our place and do stuff um, is always just great. And, and, and just, I think the biggest thing for me has always been in beer is beer is great, but I think beer brings people together and that's kind of the fun of it. And that's kind of the best thing, just the best thing. And then again, and then the fact that we get to do this cool thing, hang out with our friends, bring some of the best beer to a city that, you know, maybe otherwise wouldn't have had that wouldn't have been able to get these beers um, and then be able to give money back to our community um, in the form of, of our foundation is, is just uh, icing on the cake. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the invitational is something I've always heard about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a ways away in Pennsylvania, but yeah. you know, I guess I'll say again, selfishly hope to see ends at good vibes this year. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I definitely think we will have beer at good vibes and we, that's a, another great festival that we love to be a part of. And again, voodoo, those are, our, those are our pals. Well, that, that that's kind of, that, that was kind of my, um, jumping off point for for wanting to talk about this on the this episode is that, that voodoo does this whole thing of welcoming the brewers in and having a special brewers night and having this big bonfire and you know they have that beautiful location that's like right mm-hmm. on the river and it seems like for them the festival is about connecting with these people that they yeah. talk to through emails or text messages throughout the year so i guess i'm saying like Thanks for affirming my inner thoughts. Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm going with that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that like at the end of the day, it, w- the WellWorks Invitational was designed after many places like Good Vibes and 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 um, other um, sort of festivals that, that really take care of the people. And I mean, we, we pay for brewers to fly. We pay for their flights. We pay for their beers. We pay for their hotel rooms because we want them there because it's not just the thing that it brings to the, the the festival attendees but it's for us too i mean selfishly it was born out of the fact that we wanted to have a festival where we could try the best beers in the world and hang out with some of our close friends for the industry and, and, and then we were able to bring other people into it and then we were able to give money to to um our community and i think it kind of just it, it started out as a as a greedy thing that turns into you know the most charitable thing that we can do you know so it is that and it, it's if we can if we, if we could just run our business like that, it'd be great. You know, we try our best to do that, but. Yeah. You do that through collabs and stuff. I see some, um, some folks talking about collabs in the, in the chat here. It looks like you have one with creature comforts. We have a question. If you'll ever do one with angry chair, does like that festival bring a lot of conversation about collabs, give you opportunities to do stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, the festival definitely does. And I think, over the years, we've been able with COVID again. It changed how we were doing collabs. So originally, you it was always in person. You were always there for brew days, 
And without that, it kind of changed it. And it also kind of changed the way that you communicate, you communicated with other brewers. We did do the Creature Comforts one, which was also a beer for charity, which was a really cool thing to work with them on. Um, Angry Chair, we have never done a collab with them. Uh, I'll never say never to anything ever. Uh, that's part of the Weldworks way. But yeah, I would love to do a beer with them. They make a fantastic beer. I think we can make a really cool stout. I'm sure that's what everyone wanted to hear. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we, uh, the, the festival has become such a, a taxing thing on um, our coworkers and everyone that's involved. That it, Actually, last year, I think we brewed like two, maybe the entire week while people were actually out there. And we spent more time just kind of hanging out with bigger groups of people instead of being like, hey, we just have this one brewery here to brew a beer. And then, oh, the next brewery starts kind of like we did the first year where we try to mash as many in as we could. And we kind of spread them out because it's kind of like, hey, we're all here. Let's not worry about brewing beer right now. You know, let's hang out. Let's talk about our lives. And that's one of the things that, you know, evolves over time. You know, when we all meet, we all geek out about beer and how we do stuff. And we'll still have those conversations. But I think the bigger thing is like, hey, how's 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 your wife? How's your girlfriend? How's your, you know, how, how's 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 your fiance, husband? You know, how, how are you guys? You know, like and, and we, we're all, you know, know each other. You know, I've been invited to a couple of people's weddings over the years. So it's just we, we're just friends. And so, like you know, you see your friends and you don't want to talk about work right away. So right. I think that's kind of what happened at the festival nowadays but we still we still do plenty of collapse that's that, that's great to hear there's there, there's there's this aspect of of uh not not shared trauma but but the <laughs> shared experience of the difficulties of brewing beer at an exceptional level and then that gives way to the this collective friendship that when you all get together, it's it's this amazing thing. I've seen it at CBC. I've seen it at my locals, like Brewers Guild events here in Pittsburgh. And it, there there is something special about that. They, these people that all work separately, but in some ways together mm-hmm. towards building this thing that we know is like craft beer in America to then get together and be like, hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, how is your how is your regular life? Like, how how are you? Yeah. It, it 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 is something special. Yeah, I mean it it really is and and it's one of those things where it's amazing to see where in in any other industry everyone's completely against each other and secrets and it's like I we make each other better all the time. One because if someone makes a great beer, well, now I want to make a better beer than them. But instead of just being like, well, screw you, I want to make a better beer. It's like, no, well, let's talk about this. How did you do this? What is your theories? What did you and, do? And and it's also understanding people's theories, not just Hey, I'm right. You're wrong. It's like, well, what's your thought process? Because everyone's going to see the same problem, but look at it a different, find a different solution, and and to to be tone deaf and to tune people out, whether they work at the biggest brewery or the smallest or the most you know hyped brewery, it doesn't really matter. Everyone, everyone's trying their best, and I think that anyone can figure it out. And and the more you listen and talk to people, the better off you're going to be. Your company's going to be. Your team's going to be. I mean, you know. And I think that's just a huge thing in craft beer. I think everyone kind of realized that pretty early on in it. And that's kind of what the culture is the way it is. Yeah, totally. That's what it's all about. I love it. So to wrap us up, Skip, what is one thing about Greeley, Fort Collins, Colorado that you wish was more well-known? Yeah. Um, You know, everyone always thinks to Colorado, they think of beer, mountains, and cannabis. And, you know, I would say food. I think food is one of those things that's kind of slept on. 
you know, there's tons of great food here. Um, I'm going to shamelessly plug our um, kitchen that we added in uh, last last February. So we're coming up on a year here. Um, our, our chef, Tim, and our chef, Raj, are putting out some of the best food. They're switching their menu every week. They're trying to be like, they're, they're rotating their, their, their menu every week. Like our, like our draft list does. Um, these guys are putting out some of the best food. I'm not just saying that you could say I'm biased. I will challenge any person in here who listens to this podcast. Who, If you're in Colorado, come try our food and tell me it does not rival the best food in Colorado, let alone in the country. And then if you're visiting Colorado, please try. Like I said, it is, it is hands down absolutely amazing food colorado's food scene has been slept on for a very long time i don't know another state where they put cream cheese on pizza and i didn't know it till i moved to colorado and it is the coolest shit on earth and honey too isn't that a colorado uh, thing they put like that's honey not on as them? big it's it's cream cheese okay. and jalapenos with pepperoni okay. all right but that's a colorado thing and like i said that's uh that's some cool shit yes the fuck i i the fuck have i never had that i I'm, I'm, <laughs> The oh first time God. I saw it, my mind was blown too. I said, why is cream cheese not normally on pizza? Cream cheese, jalapenos. Something to do with all that beer and cannabis. It's like a jalapeno popper on a pizza. Popper pizza. That's exactly what Matt just said in the chat. Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe because <laughs> I've indulged in those some other things that have been mentioned that I just completely forget about the pizza. Sure. That doesn't make sense. That's not That's not. You right. would think that that would really just be a direct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, 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 the weed store is right next to the yeah absolutely yeah. cream you cheese pizza yeah. yes yeah <laughs> they're usually not too far and and they have an advertisement on the scooters that you can you can grab from the convention Everywhere. side we're go, yeah. we're going we're going too far in depth yeah. Uh, yeah one more question sure skip uh what is your prediction for the favorite style of weldwork customers in 2023 well, I, you know, everyone's leaning towards the loggers and these light beer trends. I, I, you know, I'm not great at predictions. I wish I was, I would probably be better at my job if I was, um, <laughs> but I'm sticking with my favorite. So I'll stick with IPA. IPA will re- remain supreme, the king of craft beer. Uh, what style of IPA? I can't say. I'm hoping for the best of me that we get West Coast becomes just common. We're brewing more West Coast IPA than we have probably in the last couple years so i hope that continues i'm a huge fan of the cold ipa we do ours a little bit differently with our mixed fermentations of different yeasts and temperatures and different tanks and blend them ours is kind of a little different i love that beer it was a fun experiment so i'm going with uh ipa i hope ipa because that's my favorite thing it's my favorite thing to write recipes of work with hops all the cool stuff that's coming out in hops and yeast right now it's such a great time to be brewing ipa and 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 be a part of some of those programs where we get to try hops before everyone else and, and, and see what's cool. What's not um, help with growers. We work a lot right now with growers and all that. So I I'm going with IPA, whether I'm right or not, we'll never know, I guess. Well, we'll know in a year. That's what you're brewing either way. Sounds that's like. what we're brewing either way. That's what I like. <laughs> Great. IPA is going to keep the lights on for the in- entirety of the craft beer I industry's so. existence. Yeah. 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 I think that's a, that's a very smart answer. Yeah. Thank, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, I had a great time. Thank you for having me. Where can people find Wildworks Beer? So we are distributing in 20 states now, I think. Um, we are working on 20. more. Um, we are uh, Wildworks Finder app on our website. I think there's a whole link where you type in your area code and it'll tell you everywhere near you. I don't know how it's working there right is. now. 
with all of our distribution partners. Um, you can find us Tavor, always on Tavor. Yeah, like I said, we're, we're, we're working with some partners. We will have a pretty cool distribution to all of our states. Pretty cool project that I'm really excited about. Um, it's a little, I'll give you a little tease, but we're going to do our first national uh, distribution media noche. It's not full national. It'll just be in our, um, just in our footprint. But um, like I said, it's continuing to grow and we're excited about it. And I'm very excited about this media noche. Uh, the blend was pretty crazy on it. It was about 30-ish barrels all from the same producer it might rhyme with old rip and something oh anyways my god um, so we're <laughs> oh really excited god. about it um it'll be seeing stores in the next couple weeks or so in early february so we're excited about it yo anybody that sees world works distro hit me up <laughs> brian at bruvana.com <laughs> <laughs> trying to get on that oh trade yeah. i got Black magics and they fought extra trade. We're pretty excited about the blend. So that's 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 amazing. Oh my god. Well, thank you so much. Uh, MC, thanks for uh, hosting this month. Oh Final gosh. thoughts. Thanks for having me. Uh yeah, no fight. I mean, just like an honor to be here as always. Fort Collins is uh really special to me. Fort Collins beers are really near and dear to my heart. So it was um particularly special and nostalgic to be here with you this month, Brian. Like I said, it's uh sad as always to wrap it up, but you know, as the officially crowned best friend of the show, I anticipate seeing you in just no time. Yeah, best best friends always come back. <laughs> Thanks, Skip, for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was great. For Collins rules, like uh, Colorado rules, they, they make a strong case for for best state in all of the country. Easy to get off the plane and stay in Denver, but get a car, get out drive there. the hour north and get to Fort Collins or Greeley or we visited a lot of cool places um, this month. So so make the make the little bit of extra effort and yeah, get outside of Denver. Look, we look, we showed you five breweries out of out of northern colorado this month there's so many other great breweries there but our our wonderful our breweries featured breweries this month um shout out to all of them Weldworks, funk works crooked stave wiley roots and also jessup farm barrel house those are just five of the amazing breweries that that are operating in the colorado the, the state of colorado so go go out to Colorado. There's so many awesome things. The food, the mountains, the canvas, the the beer, and and many other things. But that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Funkworks and Weldworks for supplying beers for the show. And as well, the beer club. As always, you can head over to bruvana.com to check out subscription options and get amazing beers like these shipped to you on a monthly basis. We'll be back next week with a new featured city. Uh, it's going to be the place where Lou Salverson had his run-in with the Gerhardt crime family and was saved by a UFO that came in time. Figure that one out before you get to next <laughs> week. But until then, stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries, everyone. Cheers. Good night. Cheers, y'all.